The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. And I saw an incredible story. Hashanah Rabbah, one day before the last day of Sukkot, Eretz Yisrael, Son says his daughter downstairs to bring up some water to the sukkah. The sukkah was on the roof. She gets her pitchers of water. She's carrying it up the stairs. What happens? She slips. Pitchers break. No big deal. She slips, falls on top of the pitchers, slices her hands open. Blood is flying everywhere. The family here screams. They come down. They find their daughter gushing blood from her hands. Thank God the rest of her body was fine, but she's gushing blood from her hands. They quickly wrap it up. They rush to an urgent care facility. They wait four hours. Four hours later, Arav Yantif, they finally see a doctor. The doctor says, I don't know what you're here for. You've got to go to the ER. Thank you so much. Why do you tell us that's four hours later? Four hours, they go to the ER. They sit in the ER for two more hours. Finally get to the ER. The ER says, looks like a tendon. You need a hand surgeon. Okay, get us to the hand surgeon. Appointment, Sunday, after Yantif. This is Erev Yantif, and Eretzil Yantif is one day. This is Erev Yantif. Sunday, you'll have an appointment at the hand surgeon. Okay, they bandage it up, give her some medication for the pain, and she goes home. After Yantif, Sunday comes, they go to the hand surgeon. They're sitting there waiting in the office. There's three people in the waiting room. <clears throat> Father, we'll call him David. Little girl, hands bandaged up, and a man sitting there on his phone, long ponytail, doing his own thing. Waiting and waiting. David eventually is the type to strike up a conversation, turns to his ponytail uh, benchmate, says, how long you've been waiting? And the guy doesn't respond. How long have you been waiting? Mm. Isn't it crazy what happened to my daughter? Nothing. Yeah, she fell. She was carrying a pitcher. She fell. She sliced open her hands. Thank God it was nothing else. But she sliced open her hands. All the man says, poor girl. And he's like, come on. So David turns to his ponytail friend and says, just put down your phone for a second. Just put down your phone for one second. The guy turns to him and says, you should be ashamed on the hat on your head. Whoa. I just asked for a conversation. What, what did I say wrong? And he says, you're telling me a story about your daughter that she fell and she was holding glass pitchers and that's why she broke, that's why your hands cut? That's not why. It's because Hashem wanted her to cut her hands. You should be ashamed to have it in your head. And the man says, I saw God with my own eyes, says Mr. Ponytail. Mr. Ponytail then says, let me tell you my story. A few weeks ago, it was Elul. Elul comes, we start saying Slichos. Svardim, as here, you say it for the entire month of Elul. Okay, we say it a little bit less. Either way, this man says, I lived out in, I think the place is called Hod HaSharon, and they started saying Slichos irreligious entirely. And every day, these people come to shul, 5 o'clock in the morning, make a ruckus, they're davening, and it wakes me up and I can't sleep. The first night they come at midnight, they leave at 1.30 in the morning, and I can't handle it. So you know what I said? Enough with these people. I go to the shul at 3.30 in the morning that first night, I go to the electric box, snip the wires, hide the wires, no one will know any better. The next morning comes 5 o'clock in the morning, I hear people pulling up, I wake up, this time I'm all happy, I wake up, they all come, I hear the noise, wait, the lights aren't turning on, what's going on? 20 minutes later, can't fix it, they all leave, I roll over, happy man. The next morning, no lights, no people, I sleep great. The third morning, the lights are back on. They figured it out, and again, I can't sleep. 
And I said, enough. Again, they left. I go back to electric box, tinker with the wires, rip out the wires, and I'm very happy with myself. I go to work that day. I work, electronics, computers, etc. And I went to open a file. I couldn't get the file open. There was a server and another server. To make a long story short, I tried to pick up one, to pick up the other. One fell on my finger. Boom. Screaming, the entire office comes. Finger stuck under a tremendous server. Opens the server, takes out his finger, and his finger is sitting there dangling. Rushes to the emergency room. And this, that. Again, to make a long story short, they said it's not broken. You don't need surgery. It's dislocated. Okay, what do I need to do now? We'll send you to a hand surgeon. They send me to a hand surgeon. I go to the hand surgeon. I've heard of shoulders dislocated. Never heard of a finger dislocated. The surgeon says to me, this is going to hurt a lot. Thank you for telling me. Pull, twist, screams in pain. Okay, you should be fine. I look at my finger. Falls over again. Can't move it. Nothing's fine. The surgeon says, that's really strange. Let me try again. Again, it's going to hurt a little bit. Boom, twist, pain, screams. Nothing. Surgeon says, I don't know. Let me try one more time. A third time, a fourth time. Finally, I pulled my hand away and I said to the surgeon, enough, this is crazy. He says, I've never seen something like this. You know what? Let's splint it up. Let's give it two weeks. Maybe it'll heal on its own. Okay. Two weeks later, I come back to the surgeon, take out the thing and didn't heal on its own. My finger is still falling out. Says, okay. I guess you're going to need surgery. I guess we're going to need to send you for surgery. And they scheduled a date for surgery, and that's why I'm sitting here in this office right now. This was the surgery date. But there was one thing that happened in between. is when I drove home from the surgeon, knowing I have a surgery date, two from religious Jews come to me, and they say to me, Sir, you live next door to the shore. Do you know anything about electronics? And I started sweating. And they said to me, We want to put in a security system. Do you know anywhere that we could buy like the cameras and put in a security system because someone's been tinkering with our wires and we want to catch this culprit once and for all? And I told these two people, when, when, when do you need an answer by? They said, Mincha today. He says, okay, I'll get back to you Mincha time. A few hours later, I come to the shul for Mincha and... I meet these two Jews. And they said, oh, so do you know anything about electronics? We want to put in a security system. Someone's thinking with the wires. He says, there's no need. What do you mean there's no need? There's no need. I took care of it. What do you mean he took care of it? I know who pulled out the wires. You know what? I pulled out the wires. I'll tell you the truth. I did it. I pulled out the wires. I couldn't handle your prayers. But now I feel bad. Maybe that's a sign. Look at my finger. It's been going on for two weeks. I just came home from the surgeon this morning. What should I tell you? I did it. It's never going to happen again. Don't worry. And then I said to the two people in shul, is there anything you need for your shul? I, I want to give back somehow. I said, actually, we just made a whole fundraiser. We need new lights and this. No problem. What does it cost? Right now, pulls out a check, 36,000 shekel, signs in the dotted line, hands it over, new lights, air conditioning, the works. He turns to his friend, sitting there, and he says, I'm waiting here for the surgeon right now. I'm sure I'm going to walk in, and he's going to tell me, no surgery is necessary. Okay. Our bearded friend now is taken aback. One goes in for his appointment, the other goes in for his appointment. They both walk out. He asks them what happened. I don't know. Told me I need surgery. Surgery is scheduled for next week. Same day, my daughter, your daughter's surgery is scheduled. A week later, they both show up to the doctor. Man with hands cut, glass. Who made the glass cut? God. That was his rebuke. Man, finger stuck over. He's convinced he did his tshuva. He goes into the doctor. 
And his doctor says, okay, let's start the surgery. Let me draw. And he starts drawing a tremendous line. He says, I got to cut open your whole hand. I don't know what's going on. We got to figure this out. The man says, can I ask you a question? He says, sure. Can you try one last time to set my finger? We did this 10 times. You really, I know it's going to be painful. Just try one last time. And of course, you all know the end of the story. They tried one last time, the pull, the twist, the scream, and it was all good. He walks out and he meets his friend. And he says to his friend, see, I told you, I'm not going to need that surgery. And his friend says, you're right. But what else are you going to do? You saw God. You saw him. He spoke to you. Are you going to do anything else? You're just going to walk away. If you just walk away now and you tell me this story and that's it, you miss the point. God is talking to you. Figure out a way to bring him into your life. He exchanges numbers and they were in touch. When we get off the floor on Tisha B'Av, like I said, we only needed the first half of the story. The second half was beautiful. But we have to find a way to bring God into our lives. We have to stop being that person in the back of the shul that hears that solo call, everyone's screaming, and I'm just sitting there saying, wow, this is cool. Wait, sit and dive and do something. We see all the events around us. Are we going to finally do something? How much more is there going to have to be? How many times is God going to have to call our number? Just a few days ago, my mother was telling me she's going to pay a shiva call. Why? A cousin of hers, the husband, Woke up one morning, the wife woke up, walks into the bathroom, the man's lying on the floor dead. She's going to pay a shiva call, perfectly healthy 60-year-old man. God is screaming at us. How much more is he going to scream before we listen? We have to figure out a way to take that box. First, let's expand the box, give God some breathing room. And then figure out a way, let's make holes throughout the day. Throughout the day, figure out a way, connect a little bit. Not just say Baruch Hashem and thank you Hashem, but figure out a way to realize He is running our life. Connect Him a little bit. And God willing, that will be the way to take that little dot of God, explode it, bring Hashem into our lives, and get their true and real Nechama with the building of the final Beis HaMikdash. Thank you very much. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.